Welcome everyone to the Joelle Martin Mastery Podcast. I'm a networking expert and the author of the upcoming book, Know No Strangers, How to Build Community One Relationship at a Time. My why is the pursuit of mastery and the goal of this podcast is to lock arms on a lifelong mission of daily personal growth to become the best version of ourselves. So let's dive in to today's episode. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of the podcast. We are joined by a very special guest. She is a woman's empowerment advocate. She's an author, and she's an entrepreneur. So welcome to the podcast, Miss Jessica Desire-Boissonneau. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing awesome. Thank you, Mr. Martin, for inviting me today. I really am honored to be here and spending that value time, valuable time with you. And I want to say uh, thank you for inviting me, thinking of me, because you're always somebody I look up to. We'll get into all of that later in the call, but really uh, good job for everything that you do, the person that you show up as and uh, serving other and always elevating the people around you. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for the kind words. I'm, I'm very excited to, to dive into this one hour interview. Uh, so we, we met a few years ago at a big business event in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, you, you showed up on a whim. Um, you, you, you showed up by yourself. You were a little nervous. You were shy. And now look a few years later, look at the person that you've become. So that's a testament to, to mm. hard work to vision, to goal setting, to surrounding yourself with amazing people, to personal growth, to reading, to to all those different things. So I wanted to totally. uh, commend you uh, on, on all the growth in, in such a short period of time. So that's how we met. What do you remember about oh uh, <laughs> that brief encounter a few years ago? I'm hearing your words. I'm like, wow, this is so true. Like all of that happened in, in little years, you know, um, I remember wanting to make a decision that I wanted to transform my life. I love what I, I, what I did as work. However, as a single mom, I needed to find, you know, other ways to create income, but also to be fulfilled in all areas of my life. And so I had the opportunity. I was invited to that event. I flew down by myself. And I remember the day I met you, I was literally waiting at Starbucks with my coffee and you came and you're like, oh my God, hey, how are you? And we started chatting from there. And I remember you telling our mentor, hey you got somebody incredible in your hands like you have a beast that's exactly the words that you use and it stuck with me until today because at that time I did not see myself like that but for you to identify that and you know put that seed in my head meant so much and it completely like added to my transformation. So thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. So you're, you're very passionate about women's empowerment. Mm -hmm. So where did that passion come from? And, and where did this mission start? Mm, great question. Thank you. So as I was saying, I was a single mom. So in 2013, my daughter was only a year old. I was uh, in a, I had to make a decision, a decision to leave an abusive marriage 
And the decision was clear for me that I was not going to allow my daughter to be raised in that kind of environment. Um, it was a very, very tough decision. I won't lie. People will say, oh, my God, you stayed, you know, in that relationship for that long. Yeah, you know, there's a whole hour I can talk about that. But I made that crucial decision because I was not going to show my daughter that men are allowed to treat women that way. So that kind of became the, the beginning when I became a mom, you know, that beast was awakened inside of me. And I had to lean into my power, my passion and my positivity. And when I leaned into those three things, I, you know, left the marriage, became a single mom and took on many other things in my life. That's when I really discovered my true desire to be that woman empowerment and really being that voice for other women out there. So you started, uh, I'm not sure exactly when, I think last year at some point you started a women's empowerment group on Facebook. There's now hundreds of people there. Uh, you've been doing a, a weekly call as well, interviewing uh, mostly women for women's empowerment, a few men as well. And, and where did the idea come to start those up to start building that community. So it's not just one person trying to do something. It's the strength in numbers with lots of people. Exactly. So again, you know, from 2013 until now, there's a lot of transformation, a lot of personal growth. And then when uh, this pandemic hit the first wave in April 2020, I was having a conversation with Miss Jamie Yamanaka Actually, the exact moment I was present to it yesterday, there was this wave of pictures on Facebook, the black and white pictures of supporting women on how we're all beautiful and strong. And I had tagged Jamie and she had called me right away and she's like, oh, my God, like this movement really touched me. We've been talking about women empowerment for as long as we've known each other. Let's do something about it now. Right now, people are home. They don't know what's going to happen with everything in life. So much uncertainty, fear. Let's create this Women Empowerment Wednesday show every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Now it's changed the time, but at the time it was 3 p.m. So middle of the week, middle of the day, let's do a Facebook Live to have empowering, touching, inspiring conversation. But uh, not only to have those conversations with me and her, but to have a special guest join us every single week. Of course, uh, mainly women, but I found it very, very important to include men in that conversation. And so we would have men once a month-ish. And we wanted to not only create conversations in that Facebook Live, in that show, but to create a movement. And that's where I created the group and really to bring those conversations in the people that, uh, the lives of people that you care about. So <laughs> a lot of a lot of times when we start something that we're passionate about, mm -hmm. we don't know where that's going to lead. We don't know uh, what benefits are going to come from it. We don't know um, what good is going to come from it, what results. So now that you've been doing this for a little bit, um, what has come out of this for you? What good have you seen happen? Um, how has it benefited you in your life, whether it's the connections you've made or or um, different opportunities that have presented themselves? What, what has come from this? Mm, great question. So I'm sure somebody is going to relate to this message today. When I started, we, we, when we brainstormed the idea of doing this, 
I was completely in fear. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to say? What am I, am I like good enough to be doing these Facebook lives? And because I started it with Jamie, there was some sort of collaboration that was strength in numbers. So right away, I was like, okay, let's do this. So we did it together for a month. And then she decided to pursue other projects. And I was faced with, do, should I continue? Like, I don't even know the end goal. I don't know exactly like in which direction. I just know that I was passionate about doing it. I just know that I was impacting people's lives with the conversations that we were having. And I knew I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. So I decided to continue with excitement. And every single week, I've been like way more comfortable. It's been so much fun. And not only me getting out of that shell and, and that comfort, but the testimonies from the people being on as special guests, me asking them to get out of their comfort zone, and also the connections that I've been able to create. So for example, you know, one of my guests, Haley Patry, you know, was my guest. And a friend from high school saw the video and they became, they started working together and it's completely transformed her life. So that's one testimony. There's so many other testimony. And really now that I've created the flight attendant special series of my Women Empowerment Wednesday, it's really created that bond that we were missing. And we'll get into the details of what I do, but <laughs> I'm, I'm super grateful. I'm, I want to continue and uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm not sure the end, what's going to bring, but every, every week, it's just been amazing to do it. It's funny, before, before you've ever done any interviews or a podcast or Facebook Lives, you mm -hmm. think, like, how am I going to keep the conversation going for, for an hour? You know, how are we going to keep this right. interesting? Um, and, and, and maybe it would be a little bit more difficult if it was just you for an hour, you know, mm -hmm. maybe talking about a certain topic or content. But uh, you find that when you have amazing guests that it, it's as if you were having coffee, right? You'd have if you yeah. went out for coffee with someone, it's you wouldn't fear like, oh, what am I going to say? It's like you're just <laughs> hanging out and having coffee and it is what it is. And I. I've been surprised with all the interviews I've been doing that, uh, you know, almost every time with the guests, it's just a great conversation and it flows smoothly. Exactly. And I learn so much every single week, you know, being in hearing the other person's story or sharing what they've been up to or their, their message of empowerment. I'm like completely filled with so much new knowledge every single week. So I'm always excited to, you know, share that with the world because I've heard, you know, sharing is growing. I don't want to be learning all these things that I'm learning in the podcast and then the books and to keep it for myself. I want to share it to the whole world. And if it can impact one person, I've done my job for the day. <laughs> yeah. Right? The, 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 uh, the best way to learn is actually to teach. Yeah. Right. So, so you think you understand something, but it's only when you go to teach someone else that you realize, oh, either I don't understand it or I'm going to have to uh, study it a little bit more, work it out a little bit more before I can properly form uh, mm -hmm. teaching someone else. So, yeah, you know, that's the, that's the best way to learn is, is to exactly. teach and to share for sure. So, uh, are there any powerful women that have inspired mm -hmm. you to now empower other women? 
for sure, Oprah, she's one of, you know, when we think of, I think, women empowerment and, you know, who she was and where she came from and who she is today. What she's definitely. had to overcome. Exactly. So definitely Oprah. Um, I like Lisa Nichols as well. You know, strong, powerful story. Um, and then, you know, more local women, I can say Mrs. Jocelyn's Driscoll, I can say Miss Randy Goodman, Miss Haley Patry, you know, all these incredible women that are doing amazing things and that I was able to be personally mentored by them. So thank you, ladies. <laughs> mm. I have, uh, let me see here. There's always <laughs> lots of books, but I got... Uh... I got the uh, the old Oprah biography right yes, here. So I read it. <laughs> I'll be honest, I have not read it either, but it is there <laughs> and I will consume it at some point. Um, you mentioned that uh, you, you had your daughter pretty young. So in your mid 20s, you had your daughter. Um, shortly after that, you became a, a, a single mom. Uh, mm. Do you, <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine, like I can't even imagine uh, what, what were the challenges mm. and what are the challenges still at this mm. point? And uh, do you have any advice for maybe any, any women that are, you know, new moms raising kids on their own or, or, you know, someone that's going through that challenge? It's, it, I love that you asked me that because I would say in the last few months, I've been having a lot of messages hey, you were a single mom, like, how did you get through it? Like asking me for advice. I'm like, wow, you know, it's, I feel privileged. I feel privileged to be there for these women. And I'm actually right now working on an article uh, for a UK London, London, UK uh, magazine called Startup. And I'm writing about the seven biggest reasons why single moms should start their own business. So stay tuned because it's all in alignment with what you're asking me now. So we know being a single mom or single parents is really not easy at all. You know, being uh, the time like 26, 27, uh, I was literally a flight attendant on reserve, which is on call. So I never knew my schedule really in advance. I continued and completed my university degree at the same time. I had a second job and I was being a mom to a one one year old baby. I don't know how I did all of that at the same time, having no finances, being very, very poor and having no car as well. So and also mentally drained from getting out of that type of, of relationship. So you really have to reinvent and relearn how you are as a person and to love yourself because you've allowed that for so many years. For example, a thought of you're, 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 you're dumb. I don't want to say a, a word that <laughs> you're, you know, you're not good enough. You hear all of that every single day. You start believing that, right? Until you get out of that environment and you, you're with your family and your friends and you're like, no, you're not dumb. You are a smart, educated woman. So you really have to focus on taking care of yourself first. That's really going to be my biggest advice. Self-love. We won't say that word enough because you can't just say I love myself. You have to take actions. What it is 
to you self-love? Is it dressing nice? Is it taking a bath? Is it reading? Is it something? What do you love to do? Do that little one thing every single day. And second thing, it was your my vision. My vision was I was going to complete my degree no matter what kind of challenge was around in my life. So all I had was I'm going to finish my university degree. That was my only focus. No matter what, no matter how tired, I didn't sleep the whole night. I had to study. I had to write a paper. I had to go to work. I had to take care of my daughter that didn't sleep. No matter what, I was going to get up and finish my university degree. So that really helped me to move forward and then get some help. Really, there's no shame in getting help because there's so many people like me, like other women that have gone through it and they're willing to be there for you. And it's so, so important to have that loving support. So yeah, it's pretty much it. When, when you look back, when you look back, do you, uh, do you think, man, how did I, how did I do that? How did I do all that stuff? Totally. Even like sharing it every time I'm like, Oh my God, how did I get through that? And I remember April, 2014, I'm sitting, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's, uh, life that's, of that's a, being a mom. There you a go. life of a mom. Yay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, in April, 2014, um, I was literally writing my last exam for my degree and I got into my car and I started crying, like crying hysterically because I was like, how did I do this? I have no idea, no idea, <laughs> but I did it. So yay. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. We look back and it's like, how did I pull that off? But when you're in there, it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's survival. You, you're going to do what, what you got to do, right. To get through it. So exactly. <laughs> what, what, what has been the most rewarding part? of knowing that you've, you've done a great job raising your daughter? I I was reading that question yesterday and I'm like, as a parent, I think a lot of parents can relate to this. We put a lot of pressure in ourselves and it's sometimes, am I doing a good job? You know, it's hard to really have a scale of, are you really doing a good job? Uh, But at the end of the day, I'm very proud. I'm very proud. I yesterday she gave me my uh, Valentine's Day card and with all the colorful hearts and, you know, mommy, you're beautiful and you're in my heart and I love you so much. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I am doing a good job. And um, I think being somebody that is open to always growing you know, and so many ways you can do it to get to go and get some professional help to get for some tools is always good as well. So last fall, I won't be ashamed to talk about it. I did seek some uh, professional help because those little behaviors that I wasn't sure how to handle it. You know, we don't we're not given, you know, a book how to raise children, right? So I went to get the professional help, did a few sessions, and now we're implanting those those tools. So it makes such a huge difference. So don't be shy. Go get the help. It's it's out there. <laughs> 
you've uh, you've been a flight attendant for a long time mm-hmm. uh, now you know the airline industry and the live event industry which are both of our industries um they're probably two of the most hard hit industries of all during the pandemic there's the restaurants there's others but um severely affected so let's talk a little bit about the journey of being a flight attendant so what do you love about being a flight attendant and what have the challenges been in the last year where i mean air canada lays off 7000 people you know the flights all the airlines the stocks are crashing they need government assistance uh, you know, most people aren't considering flying. Um, I've had to consider flying a few times for business. And even for me, one of the few people flying, it's like they keep implementing more and more things that make it hard to go. You need a COVID test uh, within three days of coming back. You have to test negative. And it's like in Mexico, where am I going to get a COVID test? Uh, you know, it, it'll probably cost a few hundred dollars. It's not covered. Right. Once you get back, they have it where you have to quarantine in a hotel that's going to cost you like $2,000 for two weeks. Um, they're just making it harder and harder, uh, which isn't looking good for the airline. So w- what have the challenges uh, been for you? And, and what do you love about being a flight attendant? <laughs> like, what, why do you want to get back to it? You know? I absolutely love what I do. I'm a very, very passionate world traveler. I I repeat that often. I've always been that way, even prior to being a flight attendant. Uh, What I absolutely love, it's the the takeoff, of course, like sitting in my seat and the plane taking off. I just love (laughs) you looking at me like that? that. You're like, oh, I just want to be in the air right now. I don't want, I don't want the takeoff or the landing. I just want the smoothness in the air. Oh my God. I love the takeoff. Um, it's just that rush, you know, like, oh my God, this huge, like super heavy, you know, plane is taking off so smoothly. I it's just it's beautiful to to feel. So I love that. I also love land in a new city like where I've never been like especially in the beginning of my career it's like we've worked like 12 hours 15 hours you're on no sleep because it was all night flight doesn't matter you get changed and you go and visit the 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 new city because you're all excited so I absolutely love that Um, and then you know moving forward um, I still have my little routine of like you know, getting to the hotel and having my alone time and being able to discover what I feel like discovering. So there's not so many things that I love. And most of all is the freedom, the freedom to create my own schedule, because I think I was, you know, entrepreneur from a very young age, I like to have the freedom of choosing my flights, my days off, who I work with, you know, my destination. So all of that together and then traveling. So I'm, I'm happy. I don't know what else I could do. That's the same. So that's been the hardest part this year is let's face it, you know, uh, an unemployment is going to end at the end of this year. What am I going to do with my life now that I'm like not traveling and and having all that fun <laughs> with my colleagues. Uh, so it's been tough. It's been tough because it's like our identity and lifestyle was removed. And I'm a passionate world traveler, so I can't even have that freedom to actually go on a trip if, if I wanted to. So 
all of that adjustment was very difficult. However, I'm a very optimistic person. Um, I always say, you know, I'm going to look at it as I'm on vacation, a year long, two year long vacation, and I'm going to have that time to focus on other projects that I can focus that normally I wouldn't necessarily have the time to focus on. It's that uncertainty that that makes it so difficult. If you knew that, oh, you know, we're all going to go back to work in two months and it's okay. Yeah. No problem. You know, I'll, I'll stay busy. I'll do things and two yeah. months will be good. It's the uncertainty of just, no one really knows what the future holds. We don't know uh, what the world looks like post COVID if there is a post COVID, right? So it's, it's that uncertainty for sure. Um, the airline industry is very unique. So you must've met some incredible people, you know, flight attendants and, and uh, pilots and all those guys. Uh, there must be a bond there because it's unlike any other profession. I actually went, I actually went on a few dates with a flight attendant a few years ago. <laughs> and it was, it was different because she was at the starting stages of being a flight mm -hmm. attendant, which means she was always on call, uh, you know, horrible, destinations, horrible times, all that stuff. And she had to stay It's something like, I'm probably messing this up, but <laughs> she was always on call almost. Mm -hmm. And she always had to be within like an hour of being able to get to the airport. So it's like, she couldn't go here or go there. It's like, cause that, if that call comes and you're not within, you know, being able to get to the airport an hour, you, you might lose your job. So for me, it, it was like, I don't know if I can do this because mm -hmm. I, I don't, she, you know, she has to come and go. She's gone for a week. We're supposed to do this. And then last minute she has to take off. Uh, mm -hmm. So it was, it was, it, that was difficult. So uh, ha have you made great <laughs> connections with, with uh, people in your industry and has it been hard mm -hmm. dating as a, as a flight mm -hmm. attendant with that schedule? And I know that the schedule gets better as you, you know, as you've been there for 10 years. But. I was going to say, because I did six years on reserve of being on call six years. And so how it works just, you know, to quickly explain it is you're a certain amount of days per month that you're on reserve. So you know, which days off you have, but the 17 days on reserve, you don't know your schedule. So they may call you at three in the morning. They might not call you all day and then call you for a night flight. It is not easy because you feel like they have total control over your life. You cannot go too far because you have to be ready. At one point, I was living two hours away from the airport. So everything had to be ready in my car because if they were calling me, I had to like be right away in the car. So, but like you said, it does get so much better and it's, it's such a gift. Like, you know, people that have been there for 20, 30 years, not now, but, you know, prior to COVID would literally work a few days a month and be able to be like a week in Athens or a week in Dubai and be able to do their shopping with their best friends. So it is completely lifestyle in the beginning. It's not easy. Dating. I mean, <laughs> what can I say about dating? Honestly, I was never the type of girl that had trouble to date. So I'm like, <laughs> um, I mean, you meet so many people, whether they're on the plane, at the hotel, on the destinations. I'm always like, if I'm on days off, I like to go somewhere. Um, there's so many <laughs> ways to be able to date. So for me, it was not an issue. Um, 
but definitely, definitely an adjustment for somebody like you that's not in the industry. It's a very difficult understanding of what it is that we do. And so that's why I've been doing my Women Empowerment special series with flight attendants to be able to share what we do, what's our lifestyle, what it is for us. And I'm also, oh, well, you'll get to the next question, but working on a book project as well to do um, all of that, because there's a lot of information that people are unaware. And so, yeah, I've met some incredible people on board, you know, from flight attendants to passengers to pilots, also famous people. I, I got to meet uh, Michael Douglas one time. I got to meet Sierra. I have a picture with them, you know, uh, amazing, amazing people, other celebrities from Quebec as well. And so every, there is this, um, we call it galley talk, which is like in the kitchen in the back. There's just this energy, this um, openness that even though we've never worked together, it's been 20 years and I've been there for 10 years, that we just talk about our life. There's just this openness and adventure and fun and excitement that happens in that galley. We have no exact reason why it happens. <laughs> I guess we're 40,000 in the air, feet in the air in this tube, and this is what happens. I'm not sure. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a favorite city that you visited? Is there Are there any that stand out? I know there's a lot, but is there like yeah, go-tos? I, <laughs> I love London, UK. I really, really love London, UK. I, I love the fashion there. I love the people, um, the, the city. Um but what I always answer to that question is I love everywhere I go because everywhere I go, there's something special that I love and that I enjoy, you know, from Paris with the wine and the cheese and Rome with the pasta. And yes, I love food. I was going to say it's a lot of, <laughs> lot of food. But, but, you know, L.A. where I bring my rollerblades and I go rollerblading by the ocean or New York City, where I just go walk to Times Square, uh, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, I go motorcycle with my aunt. So every city, every location, there is something that I really enjoy um, when I go there. If, if I were to ask you what your favorite memory is from your entire career as a flight attendant, is there one that stands out that you're like, wow, that was, that was magical. <laughs> I don't know how that even happens. I don't think I thought about that um, favorite memory. Mm. I mean, wow. you did you did just mention something you do in every city, so maybe those are yeah. memories. But maybe there's something else. I don't know. Mm. Favorite memory. Um, I can say one of them would be uh, Hong Kong because I only went once. It was the beginning of my career, and I remember landing there super tired because it's a 15-hour flight you're totally like disorganized and jet lagged and then I went to rest and you know most of the crew were older so I was the youngest this one girl that was Chinese had told me I can't you know show you around today but tomorrow morning if you wake up we'll we'll do something so I went to rest and the next morning this lovely lovely flight attendant calling took me around the city and thank god because I remember when we just got there being like 
culture um what's culture the word? shock yes yeah. and it was the first time that it had happened to me because you just literally drop me in any city and i'm just there and i'll figure it out but i got there and all the streets treat streets were like this you know people not speaking your language and so many people it was like chinese new year as well so i'm like oh my god <laughs> so much people so the next day she took me around the markets we went to victoria peak we went up the mountain we saw the whole business district and like the whole view with the ocean it was such a beautiful memory and for her to have taking that time to show me around and you know taste the different food and the bubble tea and go shopping and it was absolutely beautiful so there's many more i can say but that would be one of my favorite ones <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago when i went to bali uh, i had a, an overnight i was there for about a day in china and uh, man it's crazy they there's like a ban on on some of the social media so they you can't access google so your your email you can't access you can't access the browser you can't access facebook and i remember just i i you know i'm there i don't speak the language just like you and uh, a little bit of culture shock and it's like i i my phone basically became a brick like i couldn't really you i could use like the calculator on it and that's about it um so i remember feeling like so disconnected from the rest of the world but maybe maybe that's a good thing maybe that's what i needed um yeah. <laughs> so, so you know women's empowerment advocate um flight attendant couple more things you're an author you're an entrepreneur so let's jump very quickly into entrepreneurship yes um how important has having an extra stream of income been during this pandemic where, you know, someone's regular job is, is kind of on hold uh, because of COVID. Uh, why is it important to have other ways of making money and, and hopefully from home? Mm. And I want to, you know, take a moment to acknowledge you for being a huge part of education in that field for myself because prior to a few years ago, I was not aware of the importance of having multiple streams of income. I knew I wanted to do to accomplish things and you know, being that entrepreneur, but seeing the importance of you know, knowing and understanding it and really living it to have multiple streams of income, guys <laughs> listening, you know, go and find that information, go educate yourself because it is mandatory. Right now, I've been literally last year, I was like, oh, I have 10 years. I won't ever see any layoff. You know, I'm good with my career. And then boom, pandemic happened. Guess what? 75% of my salary. And now since September, no, and before that, um, I'm at 45% of my salary. So if you don't have a second stream of income, what are you going to do? You still have all your stuff to pay, your mortgage, your car, like the kids need stuff, right? And so it is crucial. Get some information, get educated, get a second, third, fourth way and there's so many ways out there, like people have become so creative this year 
on how to get extra income. So that's my invitation to you. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the pandemic has shown us that there's nothing riskier than having just one source of income. Even if you normally make a lot of money, normally if it's a great job, normally, you know, you're 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 talented, you have seniority, all those things don't matter. Mm -hmm. Um you know, because we've seen that that one source of income can be taken away from you at any time. Uh, at no fault of your own for reasons outside of your control. So uh, it is important to find another source of income. And like you mentioned, there's a million ways to make money. There's something out there that'll work for you, whether it's releasing a book or an album or um, starting your own business or online courses or network marketing. There's all these different things that you can do. So um, let's, uh, let's dive into you being an author, because I know you're very excited. This is something that you're passionate about. It's something that has come to uh, flourishing, flourishing, flourishing. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's, it's come to be a reality in the last uh, year or so. Mm. So you've already co-authored two books and yes. you have another one that's on the way. So I have one of them right here. So 365 empowering oh stories. God. I got one of them there. And um, so so how how did this come about? How did you become a, a co-author in those two books? And then we can dive into your new book in a second. Awesome. I'm so glad you had the copy because if not, I was ready with my copy. Yeah, you got to be ready. You're a professional. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I wouldn't expect any less from you. <laughs> um, so I always had a dream of writing my own book. I just thought it would happen a lot later in my life, like in my 40s, my 50s, you know, to share more of a biography of my life, which is still a goal of mine. But, you know, it was always in the back of my mind. And so I was at a Toronto Export uh, Women Expo, a women empowerment event, and Miss Randy Goodman and Mr. Gordon So were presenting this project, 365 Empowering Stories, um, you know, looking for co-authors. And I was like, okay, I don't have that money right now. However, to me, it makes total sense to be part of this project, you know, for a minimal fee, I get to be a first time author, I get my foot in that world. And I get to be part of an incredible project with many, many other uh, incredible empowering stories. So uh, January 1st, 2018, I sent my, my payment and everything. And I was like, Oh, my God, I'm doing this. I had no idea what I was going to write about because it is a short story. I had no idea, but I did it. And so really if people watching this or hearing this podcast, be stay open, keep your eyes open to opportunities and jump for them, even though it's scary or you might have, you know, I don't have the money or whatever reason, I don't have the time. Just take the opportunities, jump in and do it because it's magical. And then what I did with this book is uh, my dad has my little sister that has cerebral palsy and I wanted to be able to help them financially. So I ordered 500 book copies of the books and I'm selling all the books at $20 each and donating all that money 
to my dad to be able to give them $10,000 to support my little sister. So that's what I've been doing with this book. And then when the pandemic in 2020 happened, I was part of a second book collaboration, 30 plus one resiliency stories. So a little uh, longer chapters, less authors, but another incredible time. And what I understood from that project, there's such great power in collaborating and sharing your stories of resiliency and empowerment. So I really, really enjoyed doing that project. And uh, now, now you're working on uh, a third book. And uh, this is one that you are actually organizing instead of being a co-author or a part of. Um, this is about flight attendants. Why, why <laughs> do the voices of flight attendants need to be heard right now for what, what's mm -hmm. going on? So I'm sure for the people that have been watching the news, because I don't watch it much, but I am on social media, so I see it past. We have been the most impacted industry in the whole world. Um, you know, may, many people might not be aware of this, but um, just in our uh, company, we're now 7,800 flight attendants that are laid off, only 1,600 uh, flight attendants still working. So that's like the majority of the company. And, and those layoffs are, again, just your company. Like you just think 7,600 or whatever you said, you think, oh my God, that's so many. That's just one yes. Canadian company. That's not, you know, the entire industry, which is crazy. Exactly. And then we don't count the pilots and then the, the, the ground agents, the customer service. There's so many people involved in our industry prior to COVID, we were like ultimate, you know, high on like travelers and destinations and new planes coming in and hiring new people. So like almost in a week, shut down, completely shut down. So when I was part of these two book collaborations that I just shared, I, I really loved it. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, there's this power in collaborating together. And so uh, a few months ago, I was like, oh, my God, like I want I for sure miss my aviation industry. I miss my colleagues. I miss my aviation family and people need to hear our stories because this is what's happening. And like we were saying earlier, we have no idea when it's going to get back to normal, if there's a normal ever again, right? So a lot of uncertainty and a lot of struggle and difficulties from all my colleagues. So I want to create this flight attendant. I am creating flight attendant book collaboration project. It's going to be a book with multiple chapters, multiple different flight attendants worldwide. So I'm not just doing the Canadian aviation. I'm doing it worldwide. And so we're going to share, um, you know, educate people on our job, on what it is to be a flight attendant. We're going to demystify some myth, you know, a lot of myth out there with our job and also share our individual unique stories of what we've been experiencing in the last year. For me, February 26th is going to mark one year that I have not worn my uniform and gone to work. So this is huge. And I want to be the voice for the aviation world um, and educate and empower 
others that we're in this together. We're going to get through this together with a message of hope. So that's the idea behind the book. I'm super excited. Stay tuned. It's going to launch um, June, June 7th. <laughs> for, for Halloween, did you did you dress up as a flight attendant <laughs> just to feel that feeling one more time? No, you didn't. Okay. Um, <laughs> Are, are you still looking for more flight attendants for, for your book, for stories? Or I'm is still everything? looking for a few more. Um, I've already obtained the number that I initially started with. However, I'm still looking for a few more just to add more diversity. Um, so what I'm looking for is a few other men. <laughs> I'm a lot of women. I'm all about women empowerment, but I always keep saying it. Men is super important in that conversation. And there's a lot of male flight attendants, right? So I need a few more men, um, especially as well in the US. I'd like to add uh, American, um, some Americans in there as well. So if you're hearing this or if <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give all your uh, social media and where to find yes. it to stay in touch. Uh, yes. So if you are a male flight attendant and you have a, you know, you have a story to share, uh, you'll want to reach out to Jessica. Um, so you've, you've released a couple books as a co-author. You're working on a third book. I'm sure you have other books that you're thinking about writing in the future. Um, are you a big reader yourself? And do you have any all-time favorite books that you would highly recommend? You know, I'm always looking for more. So. <laughs> I'm always looking up to you uh, because I know you read so much and I'm like, oh my God. Um, I love to read. I just don't take the time to read enough. Um, I'm like starting a book and then I start another one. So right now I'm currently about three books that I've started. Um, and I believe you told me about Audible last summer and I started to be much more on the audiobooks just because I can be cleaning the house or I can be driving and I, I, I'm getting some reading. So right now I'm, I'm listening to uh, Can't Hurt You from, uh, Can't Hurt Me from Di David, David Goggins. Dawkins. Yes. Oh my Great God. Book. Great Especially, book. you know what? Um, you know, normally it's whether you read the book or listen to the audio, it's all the same thing. But in his case, uh, mm -hmm. the audio book is known for being so amazing. So specifically listening yeah. to the book is probably the best way to actually uh, take in that one. When I first bought it, I'm like, whoa, 12 hours. That's a big book. But then you realize that he does these interviews in between and calls to action, which is amazing because sometimes you're like, oh, my God, I missed a sentence. And what did he just say? But then he's going over it after and then he's sharing a bit more of the story. So I'm inviting you uh, if you're reading, if you're going to be reading that book, get it on Audible because it's really, really great. Uh, one of my really all time favorite for sure think and grow rich but one book that really stands out for me that was very transformative in my life and the timing of my life was the success principles from Jack Canfield um, because he does all these exercises and you know you write uh, a lot of manifestation do you have you read that book uh, hold on hold on, hold on. <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> It's here. It's here somewhere. Yeah. Have you read it or no? Oh, I got it. It, it was, uh, 
because I had to move some books around to get the Oprah book, it uh, threw me off. So I got the uh, Jack Canfield success yes. principles there. And then we got Think and Grow Rich, obviously. every Everyone that's serious about doing something big time has Think and Grow Rich. Um, I actually have not read the success principles. So I need to get on that, right? Yes. And I, I'd love to read it again, because again, I read it probably in 2017, you know, when there was a, a shift in my life. And so I would love to read it again and see how my answers to these exercises would be different than they were back then. So yeah, great book. Let's, uh, let's talk about mentorship. Mm. I, you know, one of my big breakthroughs uh, came in, in 20, let's see, about 2014 is where everything changed for me, where I made the transition from being a, a musician to falling in love with the business world. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the big things was learning the power of mentorship, that mm -hmm. not only should you have a mentor or a coach, but you should have one for every area of your life that is important to you. So if, if you oh, want to yeah. get in great shape, you should have a mentor in that area. If you want to um, start a business, you should find someone that's already successful in that industry. If, if relationships are important and you keep, it looks like you keep messing them up, maybe a relationship <laughs> coach, right? So right. Uh, that's something that that's, you know, been important to me and, um, have, has mentorship mm -hmm. played a part in your success? hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, again, I want to thank you because you are one of my mentors and you've made a huge difference because to me, what a mentor stands for and what I've experienced personally is a mentor will believe in you before you can believe in yourself. And you, Mr. Dual Martin and Mr. Byron Nelson were two key men, individual, incredible human beings that looked at me and saw that greatness that was inside of me a few years ago and, you know, mentored me, mentored me in so many areas of my life. And so I would not be here today being this woman without your mentorship and Mr. Byron Nelson many others. I can name, you know, more famous people, Mr. Tony Robbins, Mr. Les Brown, podcasts that I've listened to them over and over and over. Because one thing that I've learned is we talk about feeding our body with healthy food, but we often forget to feed or talk about feeding our mind. This is your garden. Your mind is your garden. How well are you taking care of your garden? Are you feeding it news and negative conversations? Are you feeding it, you know, mentorship from Mr. Les Brown, Mr. Tony Robbins have been doing this for 40 plus years. You know, they've helped millions of people and they're teaching you what they perfected over the years for free. You know, um, and again, I'm the very same uh, alignment of what you just said. I really am a true believer to hire a coach or a mentor, have a free mentor for every area of your life. Even if you're in a healthy, loving relationship, there's going to be times where you need that professional help or that mentorship. And that's amazing because you make it important for your relationship to grow, right? 
So get the mentorship, get the coaching. It's out there. I'm a true believer and advocate for investing in yourself. In the last year, I, I, I was going to do a list of how much money I've invested in myself from like courses and coaches. And because again, I wouldn't be the woman I am today speaking to you like this without that investment in myself. So yeah, yes, totally need mentors. <laughs> so you talked about Tony Robbins, you talked about Les Brown. Those are two of the, you know, most popular, most famous mm -hmm. uh, figures in the personal growth space. Uh, where did this love for personal growth come from? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I've always been somebody that loved to learn. Like I was so excited when I was in university just to be in that class and learning something new. So I've always been um, a lifetime learner. Um, and I guess after I got divorced and I, I had my, my daughter and I was a single mom and I was stuck, I had to learn to love myself and reinvent myself and understand who I was. I started being on that journey of personal growth. So reading the success principle was a huge shift in my life. And, you know, you want more because you learn, you, 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 uh, you, you, try, you take action and then you want to learn more. So since then, it's just been ongoing. And then again, your environment, who do you surround yourself with, right? So if you're surrounding yourself with five other people that are as much craving and loving personal growth, what's going to happen to you, you're going to want more as well. So I've been surrounding myself with these type of people. So automatic, <laughs> it happens and I keep, you know, wanting to take action and, and do it. So yeah. Life is is full of ups and downs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you got to learn the lessons of the highs and the lows. Uh, is there anything specific that you do when you find yourself in a rut where, mm -hmm. where you find that your your mindset is is uh, kind of getting a little weak, getting a little soft. You're starting to 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 doubt. The fear creeps in. You you're starting to worry. How do you snap out of that? Mm, great question. I feel as a woman, we kind of have these moments every month <laughs> where it's like uh, less energy, a bit more less patient. Uh, a bit more negative or fearful, like I feel like just a few days every month. And so when those happen, I tend to rest more. I tend to add less to my schedule, do more things that I enjoy. So I'll take a bath, I'll read more and I'll meditate, I'll pray but I'll just do more relaxed things to get myself in the right mindset. And of course, you know, if you have incredible people in your environment, you can share that. I remember with you a few months back in the summer, I was not in a good space and I reached out to you. And just by communicating what was there for me, having you listen, being super like neutral and all of that just made such a big difference. So I would say reach out to the people that you love, that you know they'll be uh, supporting you in that time as well. Mm. Me, me being super neutral is kind of my gift and my curse where some people yes. love that I'm just neutral, right? <laughs> you know, I don't freak out. And then other people, like, uh, it's, it's, it's bad because I don't, freak out or I don't get excited enough. So 
it's the gift and the curse of, of, of neutrality, but I hear you. I think it's a gift. I think it's a gift. So keep focusing on that. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> what do you do to cultivate fun? Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of times we just, we set goals, we're working, we're trying to achieve, we lose that childlike wonder. Uh, is there anything that you do to, to make sure that you're having some fun uh, within, within your day? And I know mm. you're, you're kind of a dolphin, you love to have fun. <laughs> so maybe that comes easier for you than for other people. I have to remind myself to have fun. So. Oh my God. I'm like, I love to laugh. I love, love to laugh. I like to make jokes. I like to not take life too seriously. <laughs> so eh. um, we love dancing in the house. So often on weekends, especially with the kids, we put the music, YouTube videos, and we dance. We have our family song and we know when that song comes on, it's dancing time and everybody's super happy. So we, we create that environment. Um, and you know, again, it's taking that moment every day. What do you enjoy? What can make it fun for you? Because what makes it fun for me is not the same for everybody, right? So again, I'm a dolphin. I love to, <laughs> I love to have fun. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> So a lot of times we're, we're very hard on ourselves. Uh, so what I want to do is give you a moment where you can actually say some kind words about yourself. And it's hard to do, you know, we, you know, it's easy for us to tell someone else uh, some good things and, and, and give some praise, but we're very hard on ourselves. So when you look at yourself, what are the top traits that you think you have that have allowed you uh, to persevere through everything you've gone through, to uh, achieve everything you've achieved, to become the amazing leader that you are, what traits have allowed you to get from there to here? Mm. Serving others, definitely. I, I, I will, and that's something that I've worked on over the years, but I will serve others before serving me which is not always a good thing, but I've, I've always, I've learned, you know, I've learned to take care of myself first, uh, but serving others, definitely. Uh, I've always been a very determined woman. So when I have a vision, when I have an idea, it's very hard to <laughs> shift me another direction because that's where I want to head. I am Taurus in astrology. So I I've heard it. it it's correlated. <laughs> You're going straight for the red. <laughs> um, so servant and, and loving and loving because I'm going to say energetic, energetic. This, if people, you know, want to, I've heard people describe me as this energetic, loving person. So I think all of those four things, I said four, sorry, <laughs> um, have really kept me moving forward. Because by being energetic and loving, you tend to focus on the positive as well. And you, and you focus on being kind to yourself. And I love that you're, sharing, you're asking me that because in the last few months, you know, with this pandemic, let's face it, we had to face being with ourselves. I, I think that's the, the, the theme conversation we're going to have with most people and I was faced with self-love. We've talked about it forever. I know what self-love is, but this year has really been, okay, what is self-love? 
the, it's actions, taking action. So little examples for me. Now, when I make my smoothie, I don't leave it in the plastic cup. I put it in a nice glass container with the straw. Why? If you were coming to my house, I would not serve you a smoothie in the plastic cup, right? Now so I feel are... bad about my, my smoothie I had yesterday. <laughs> I, got, I got to love myself a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, of course, I don't do it 100% of the time. Like yesterday, I had no time. I left it in the plastic cup. But I am being conscient, conscious, or con yep, yeah. conscious, yeah. conscious of these little things to really show self-love towards myself. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're, we're two months in to yes. 2021, crazy. Mm. Um, what is your vision mm. for this year? And sometimes it's hard to cast a vision when that uncertainty is there, but yeah. do you have a vision for this year and have you set any specific goals? Uh, both of us, you know, are, one of our favorite quotes is you have not because you ask not. Yes. So is there anything that <laughs> you have clarity on that you're asking for that you're working towards this year? I'm telling you everything that I've asked for since 2021 came has happened already as far as my business or my relationship or my child. And so I keep like saying it every single day. So my vision is really self-love, uh, taking care of my body. Um, I've like a lot of people gain weight <laughs> through this pandemic. Of course, like I'm not walking 10,000 million steps every day in the plane. So I'm more sedentary. Um, so taking care of my body, uh, walking outside have been has been amazing. Like today, this beautiful sunshine, it, it feels amazing, even though it's cold. It's amazing. Um, focusing on my book launch, of course, that's one of my main goals, 2021. It's really taking much of my time right now. And focusing on uh, making my family a priority. So my, my loving relationship with my love and the children. Um, and <laughs> we want to have another baby. So <laughs> that's our goal for 2021. Um, putting my finances in order, uh, which is another goal as well. And uh, keep focusing on per personal growth. So I'm also starting right. I started last week. Uh, LNP. LNP. Yeah. Yeah. Neuro linguistic program. Yes. Thank you. So I did my base last week and I'm continuing uh, the next step next week. So I'm really focusing on personal growth as well this year. I'm excited. I'm really shifting to this is my time off of work. I get to focus on my family being home. Let's face it as a flight attendant, I'm not home every night. I'm not able to have a weekly, uh, a daily routine with my daughter, with her homework and her reading. So now I get the chance to do that. There is so much positive out of this current situation and yeah, and time to focus on my other goals. So it's, uh, I'm excited. I'm super excited. <laughs> you sound excited. Now, if, if you could go back in time <laughs> to a younger uh, not, uh, let's, how do we put all this? Let's, let's look at it this way. If you could go back to a teenage Jessica de Sarboissonneau, yes, and you could whisper words of advice in her ear, 
I mean, mm. since that time, everything mm. you've gone through, the experiences and the mentorship and the knowledge and the courses and the highs and the lows, what advice would you give your younger self mm. uh, that would allow you to uh, get back to where you are today, uh, but you know, maybe in, in, in record time. And a lot of people say, Oh, my journey was my journey and I needed it to, and it's true, yeah. but do you have any great advice? Yeah. Uh, and that way, if there are some younger people that are listening to this, that are back at that point in time where who you're speaking to, they can take that advice right from the start. I love it. I love it. Yes. I'll be one of those saying that I've, I've gone through these difficult times that it made me who I am today so even having a magic wand, I wouldn't want to go back. However, if I was standing in front of that teenage Jessica, um, first believe in yourself because it's so, so crucial, so crucial. And there's so many decisions from the, from the area of my studies, from my relationships, from the decisions of moving to a different city. So many decisions were made because I didn't believe it could happen or I was able to deserve it. Um, and then if you not only want to hear believe in yourself, but you want to take action. So I would suggest, Jessica, you know, work with a mentor, work with a coach, surround yourself with the people that you want to be at. Because there's magic that happens in that, really. Yeah. As, as we uh, as we wrap up the call, where can our listeners find you on social media to stay in touch? So your women's empowerment group on mm -hmm. Facebook, uh, maybe your Instagram. Wh where can they find you? So my Instagram is ms jessica dsb. Follow me on there. And my Women Empowerment by Jessica DSB Facebook group is where you'll see all my other, uh, all my episodes from uh, my Women Empowerment. I'm now episode 41, which is amazing. And uh, my Facebook profile, which you'll also see uh, in the Facebook group as well. This yeah. is this is episode 17 of my podcast. So I have work to do. I got to catch up. So <laughs> Because so, we started at the same time, I remember. We did. And, and clearly one of us has been more focused than the other on their podcast. But uh, we're catching up. I'm starting to do multiple episodes a week. So, uh, You're we'll, doing amazing. We'll, we'll hit the same number at some point. So, uh, so guys, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. That was Women's Empowerment Advocate, author and entrepreneur, Miss Jessica Desaire-Boissonneau. So thank you for joining us and we'll see you on the next episode. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and I'd love to hear from you guys. My goal is to grow this podcast organically where you're giving me feedback on topics you'd like me to cover and guests you'd like me to interview. You can reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Joelle Martin Mastery. Joelle is J-O-E-L and on Twitter at Joelle Mastery. So I am done, I am complete, I approve this message, and I'll see you on the next episode.